1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 190 of Lockdown Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadians podcast slash general smugness podcast for the time being. I am one of your hosts. I am, of course, Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, on this wonderful August day by the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, I have a question for you. Do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior, Carey Price? <laughs>
2: Well, as it is, I have between 25 and 30 minutes to do so.
1: <laughs> I We were, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. We touched on a lot of other things in our episode uh, prior to this. And one of the things that slid under the radar, I think, just because so many other things happened, is that Carey Price is goddamn amazing. And I really think that it should be noted, Carey Price is the backbone of this team so far in this series but he's, he's doing so much that our friend from Lockdown Sharks, Kyle Demetrius, tweeted that everyone was so concerned about the Canadians goaltending that they didn't realize the real goaltending issue was in Pittsburgh with Matt Murray. And here are Carey Price's stats through three games. He's played the second most time out of any goalie behind just Matt Murray. He's 2-1-0. He has a 937 save percentage and a 2.19 goals against. Those, not counting wins and losses, because this is the playoffs, the goals against and save percentage alone would make him a Vesna candidate in a normal year. And Laura, how vindicating is it for Carey Price to come out and just be so good in these playoffs and shut up so many people?
2: You know, he's so, like, expressionless and chill about everything that I don't even know if he feels vindicated or if he's just kind of like, eh. I'm awesome. What else is new? I'm just like moving on with his day, you know?
1: It's amazing. And my favorite word about Carey Price is you say he's emotionless, even when he's not doing anything, he can still be terrifying. The Canadians posted a video of Brandon Tanev watching Brett Kulak behind Carey Price in the Canadians end. And every time Tanev moves, Price is just laser focused straight through him. Like if he could shoot lasers from his eyes, Brandon Tanev would melt in front of Carey Price, like his head would just explode. It's so good to see Carey Price playing so well, and it gives so much credence to something we've said before, is that the Canadians need a legitimate NHL backup behind him, because if this is what Carey Price looks like with rest, how good could he possibly be in the regular season if he has someone who can spell him every couple of games instead of once every three weeks or so?
2: Honestly, I <laughs> I just I'm I'm so astounded. Like I I don't even know what to say. You know, like all the superlatives. We've already used the superlatives so many times in so many ways. It's just it's very bizarre to me that we are sitting here on August at the day that we're recording, August sixth, uh, 2020, in the middle of a playoff series, and we are having this conversation. I just I feel so excited and happy about it.
1: Yeah, it it it's one of the biggest keys to this playoff. When we talked about what our expectations were, we wanted the kids to play well. Check. We wanted some of the veterans to show up and show their medal. Check. We wanted Carey Price to be Carey Price. Check, check, and check. It, it's part of there. There is no downside to what is going on right now, and just his play. Even when he gave up three goals last night, it was you didn't see another goal going in on Carey Price. He was that dialed-in, coiled goaltender Chris Letang had a chance that he makes the initial save and the puck bounces up again and he is just on it. It was Carey Price making difficult things look so nonchalant that we take for granted how good he is positionally and everything else. There's none of that nervousness with Price in net right now. It's not, oh, well, there's a scramble around the net. I'm waiting for the puck to go in. It's like, nope, there's Price. He's pouncing on the puck. We're seeing a return to the Carey Price from, what is it, November and December, where he's unstoppable after, like, a poor October or whatever it is. We're seeing a return to that form, and honestly, if the Canadians pull off the upset against the Penguins, Carey Price should be immediately, I don't know if this counts for Conn Smythe voting or not, but if it does, coming out of this play-in round, Carey Price has to be leading in a lot of different categories for that.
2: I would agree with you. Um, and, but the more, the more we think about it, the more I'm like, well, I really like that Carrie Price is playing really well, but, uh, we don't want to lose sight of the long-term future for this team.
1: Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know, Carrie, you're doing great, bud. Um, we're going to go with Charlie Lindgren next game because Lafreniere is kind of important to making sure you get a cup while you're here. I, we know that Carey Price is not going to stop battling. He, I'm pretty sure he could go out in the next game and get lit up for seven goals, and he will just straight up not leave the net in that game because he's going to battle through everything. The biggest thing is as much as the, pit, the draft pick is probably the better long-term option, Carey Price being good still also definitely a really good thing for the future, and it continues to make that choice that it's, do we want to win? Do we want the draft pick? It, it's so conflicting to all of my emotions. I cannot pick if I what I want because watching Price play like this reminds me of how he won the Vesna Trophy and the heart and so many other things, and it makes me fall in love with the goaltending position again because it's it's art in motion. Watching Carey Price when he's in when he's on his game, a lot like you know Henrik Lundqvist in his prime. All the little things are coming into place, and it's just beautiful to watch. Sure, watching Dominic Hasek flop around like a fish is art in another form, but this is just, you know, goaltending at its purest. It's so simple, and it's beautiful. I love watching Carey Price when he's locked in, because every time someone shoots and there's no rebound, I just have to laugh to myself, because he makes it look so easy all of the time.
2: I can't disagree with you. Like, he makes he makes impossible things look like they're no big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen the windmill gloves? We haven't seen the windmill yet in the playoffs, and I'm really excited for when he breaks that out. But it, long story short, Carey Price remains the absolute be- maybe not the absolute best, but Kerry Price remains good as hell, and we should all be very appreciative to what we're getting to witness watching him resurge in these playoffs. Now, to shift away from that, it is Friday. It is time for the mailbag. You, all of our listeners, came through in spades with the amount of questions you sent in, and we're going to start diving into those coming up in our next segment. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back Discover Bank, member FDIC. As always, it is time for the mailbag. If you ever want to send us mailbag questions, you can send them to at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter or LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com if you have something a little deeper you want to dive into. Uh, Laura is at The Active Stick. I am at Scott Matlon on Twitter. We always want to hear from you with all of your questions relating from hockey to fashion to food. We want to hear from you. Laura, I understand we have a ton of questions for the mailbag this week, so what have we got?
2: We've got millions of questions, (laughs) um, billions even. So I'm going to start with one that is in our mailbag, and this is going to be something that's going to be fun to tackle probably at a later episode just because we have so many questions today that we need to get to. But I'm going to read this email from McKay. I'm a new fan. I wasn't a super big hockey fan until recently. I would watch a few games here and there during the playoffs, and that's it. I recently had a friend teach me about hockey, and now I love it. He was a Habs fan, so I thought I'd become a Habs fan. That's kind of like how I became a Cowboys fan for a while. (laughs) One of my closest (laughs) friends is a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I just, you know, when I was watching football, I would cheer for them. Um, My question is, what does a new Habs fan need to know about being a fan? What are the fan traditions, arena traditions, all of that? All right, so here's what we're gonna do for you, McKay. Also, because we promised Mike from Vermont um, that we were gonna do this, and we we started doing it a little bit, like you know, slowly over time, but we maybe we need to take like a full, like a full episode, not just a segment, and just go through all of those little traditions that we have, and the fan atmosphere and the arena and stuff like that, so that you know, by the time we're able to actually go to games. McKay will know what to do. So I I just wanted to read it um, and give give McKay a shout out. And thank you for listening to us. And we're so excited. So please look out for an episode to talk about all of our little fan traditions in the very near future.
1: Whatever you do, make sure you don't light a cop car on fire. That's a tradition we don't take part in anymore because we have to (laughs) win in the playoffs
2: first. (laughs) We'll see, now, like, you know, like, we're going to have to explain that as well. (laughs) All right. Let's get to mailbag questions. As I said, there were so many questions today. I'm going to start with the enemy camp, uh, Patrick Demp from Dying Alive, a Penguins podcast, along with Mike Darnay, who's been on the show, and Jesse Marshall, who we we hope to have on the show at some point. I I feel like it's a little bit Penguins-heavy right now, so maybe in the future we can talk (laughs) because he's got a lot to say. Like, Jesse's really, really incredibly smart. Uh And Pat's question is, once the Penguins finally have Alexis Lafreniere, can they finally beat the Canadians?
1: I mean, probably. And every Habs fan, after we pick 16th, is going to be like, well, was it worth it, Claude? Was it worth it to win that series? And I'm just going <laughs> to go, hell yes it was, because I got to watch the Pittsburgh Penguins fan base literally eat itself alive. And honestly... Other fan bases' misery brings me such joy, especially in situations like this after this season.
2: Yeah, I can't, you know, I'm not going to complain, obviously, if the Canadians win, but I really, really want Alexis Lafreniere, and, like, a big chunk of that is so that a team like the Penguins or the Oilers or the Toronto Maple Leafs don't get Lafreniere. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next question. Just cause like, we, we've got so many, we gotta go, we gotta, we gotta like run through them. So our friend, uh, Sarah from Locked On Los Angeles Kings and Locked On NHL, uh, says, who is your favorite young player on the Canadiens and why is it Nick Suzuki?
1: I mean, do I have to answer the question if it's Nick Suzuki because it's going to be Nick Suzuki for now until the small goals boy is NHL ready? At which point then it will be the small goals boy entirely because he is my small American goal scoring son.
2: (laughs) I feel like I might stick with Nick Suzuki um, because he's just so brilliant. But you never know, like, I have no idea what the small goals boy is gonna look like on this team, like, I'm just, I'm so excited to see them play together. Uh, but for now, yes, it is Nick Suzuki, and Sarah, you know why, because you love him too. Uh, and I, I I'm gonna say my favorite thing about him is that he just, he makes such hard things look easy. He's, he's, he, 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 he creates plays, he, He's so much more advanced, it feels like, than even veterans on the ice sometimes. he just hes so smart. Cerebral prime. We love him. You love him. You've met him. You've interviewed him. He's such a nice boy, you know. We're just like this. This podcast just has nothing but good things to say about Nick Suzuki. Um, next question from Randy Hansen. Uh, he says, hot take from Mitch Brown. The more I watch from, uh, uh, the more I watch, is it Zegras or Zegras?
1: Uh, Trevor Zegras.
2: Yeah. Uh, Turcotte and Newhook. The more I think Cole Caulfield is the best NHL-affiliated prospect. Do we agree?
1: 72, 72 goals speaks for itself. And we looked at this. Look at Jack Hughes this year away from Cole Caulfield. If Cole Caulfield comes in in his first season and outscores Jack Hughes, maybe all the jokes I made about, you know, Jack Hughes, boosting up Cole Caulfield's goal scoring totals won't be such a joke and maybe it'll be more of a reality that Cole Caulfield made Jack Hughes's career not the other way
2: around (laughs) I'm very excited to see what happens and honestly like I, I I don't I can't objectively say because I'm not as well versed in prospects as you are like I feel like Turcotte is very very promising very very jealous but um you know Cole Caulfield is the is the big hope, and as a fan base, we might be putting a lot of pressure on him, but that remains to be seen. Okay, um, Randy Hansen again. By advancing to the official playoffs, will everyone in the coaching staff be safe? Will the staff be revamped due to dismal performances and strategies deployed in the regular season? And who goes?
1: I mean, I want it to be a change on the power play with Kirk Muller leaving. I think their performance thus far has bought them a little bit more leash going into next season, but I think if they start slowly and the way that they performed right now, uh, expectations are going to be a lot higher than usual. This team's proven that it can perform now and do the things that it was expected to do. Okay, now you are expected to do those things some more in the regular season when it all counts. So mm-hmm. I think, if anything, it's bought them a little bit more of a lifeline, and that's about it.
2: I'm going to go out on a limb and say that... I don't even know if it's going out on a limb, actually. This is my prediction, is that at some point during the year, there's going to be a massive shift in assistant coaches, and it's going to have to do with the power play and the defensive coverage. I've been saying it for a long time. I've been saying they need to make changes. It's possible that they will make changes, and if they do, I feel like their performance, like you said, is going to put a lot of pressure on the regular season, and yeah. At some point, I want to say before before half the season is over, there's going to yeah. be a shuffle. <laughs> I can buy that. Um, all right. Uh, this is sort of related to a question we've already answered. What young Canadians player or prospect is most likely to be your favorite player in the future? I'm going to say Nick Suzuki and stick to it.
1: I, I did say Cole Caulfield, but I'm a sucker for defensemen. So my pick is actually going to be Matthias Norlinder whom I love watching him skate and make plays and do fancy things with the uh, puck on his stick. And he's playing for Frölunda now, which, you know, I own a Frölunda jersey, and I will probably own another one, much to my girlfriend's chagrin at some point. I'm going to pick him because he is the future of what defensive players look like, in that he can skate, make offensive plays, and then still contribute in his own end. Uh, I know we have 7 million questions, we're going to get to the rest of those coming up next.
0: Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice. Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding. And when I decided to go with the Hyde herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket. All while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL.
1: We are back with the mailbag. Remember, if you want to send us your mailbag questions or have thoughts in-game whenever, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. We will be there during the games. We'll be there after the games. We will be there sometimes when it's 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm watching YouTube videos, seeing your questions. So please hit us up with your thoughts and or questions at any time with whatever's on your mind. Laura, what else do we have today?
2: We've got another one from Jeff the Red. Yasperi yes, Kotkanami didn't score a goal in Game 3. What's wrong with him?
1: His facial hair slowed him down. <laughs>
2: uh, another one. Did Nick Suzuki just become the number one center? We discussed it last night. It was an in-game adjustment that paid off really well. We're not ready to say that that first line is broken up just yet, but against Pittsburgh, it's entirely possible that Nick Suzuki sticks around to be the first center. What do you think?
1: I think it's just an in-game shuffle. I wouldn't be shocked to see Deno starting the next game there and then Claude Julien to transition it when the game calls for it again. He seemed to be a big fan of everything that happened with what happened in game three with his adjustments. So it wouldn't shock me to see him start one way and then as depending on how the game goes, maybe the, the first line comes out and scores five goals in the first period. Who knows? And he doesn't have to make the change. I think it'll all depend on what happens in the game as a whole.
2: Uh, who, and this is from, uh, hockey in Ottawa, our buddy Jim. Who is the Habs inside man, Allah Jack Johnson on Tampa or Boston?
1: Uh, Cedric Paquette for the Tampa Bay Lightning because everyone who remembers a few years ago when he openly said he's like, I'm going to make Montreal not regret, dra- or make Montreal regret drafting me and then led to Max Pacioretty's uh, series winning goal. I think can kind of confirm that. Yeah, there's that. And say Boston. Yeah. I, I mean. I feel like they've
2: got one, like, really bad defenseman that they all complain about, and now I can't think of who it is.
1: I mean, they're all bad. They're the Bruins. So, like, you know, maybe Brad Marchand will just whiff on a bunch of pucks and get angry and get suspended or something. And, like, (laughs) inside job it that way.
2: If you are a Bruins fan listening to us, first of all, thank you and why. Uh, Second, (laughs) who is the defenseman that you guys are always complaining about during the games? (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, Beth. From the happy hour, who we hope to have on at some point soon, uh, maybe once the playoffs are over because there's so much to talk about during the playoffs. Um, who do you, who do y'all think is the motivational angry yeller in the locker room and who gets real down and dirty to try the, to try to fire the team up when they're down by a lot?
1: The fired up angry guy in the locker room is definitely Brendan Gallagher because he's not very good at hiding any of his emotions ever. And then you've got Shay Weber, who's just going to kind of sit back and be like, come on, guys. He's going to give him, like, that dad, like, with orange slices at halftime pep talk to make everyone feel better. And then he's just going to go out there and just, like, straight-up cross-check Patrick Hornquist in the Facebook. Like, See? <laughs>
0: yeah. If I can do
1: it, you can too. And then he's just going to keep cross-checking him over and over again.
2: So your answer, then, I guess the yeller and the dirty is both Brendan Gallagher?
1: Yeah, I think that works pretty much, yeah. Because
2: <laughs> mine was going to be uh Max Domi, actually, for both. Because um, he's very, he's, he's, like, constantly, like, is jawing a verb? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can see it. He has a hard time keeping his mouth shut in a lot of situations, so it wouldn't shock me if it's Domi either.
2: <laughs> All right, Marissa and Jemmy. Uh, asks us, what is the Canadian's collective astrology energy?
1: Okay, I'm going to defer to you on this one because I don't know <laughs> anything about this. I don't um, know what's a fire sign or like to, what's an earth sign or whatever, so I'm going to go ahead and defer to you on whatever the most chaotic possible answer can be.
2: Um. Well, there's a couple of things. So first of all, I'm not like as well versed in astrology as I would like to be. Like, I've actually discussed this with Marissa, like astrology, Twitter is hilarious and fun and great. I just, I don't have time. There's so many Twitters I'm already involved in, you know? <laughs> um, but I will say that I'm trying to think of like, which, which one like never makes any sense. And I feel like that's real Aquarius energy um just like impossible to explain uh very like weirdly i don't know um so aquarius is an option uh the one that's the most infuriating is scorpio so that's entirely possible uh that the canadians are scorpios but scorpios like they tend to win a lot like they're manipulative and they tend to get their way a lot so i don't know if i'm going to call it for scorpio so uh i will go ahead and just call them Aquarians because I, I truly cannot explain what they're about what they what they want um and they don't ever do what you need them to do so there we go I um, just
1: googled most chaotic zodiac sign in the top one because of Scorpio now Scorpio <laughs> not only loves chaos they want you to know they love it too and if that doesn't describe the Montreal Canadians in the playoffs right now I don't know what else does
2: <laughs> all right okay so I guess we're going with Scorpio um and, uh, all right. Oh, uh, Hannah B, who hasn't been on in a long time. It feels like, you know, it's been like a couple of months since we've had her on. It's, it's like, it feels like forever, doesn't it? Uh, would you rather win two playoff rounds or get the number one pick? Obviously, number one pick. You?
1: As much as I'm enjoying this, the number one pick I know leads to more playoff rounds in the future.
2: Paul show asks, has nobody in the Habs coaching staff considered getting the point men to move in or have the shooters move around the zone? Weber's shot is terrifying, but predictable when it's coming from 65 feet. The Petrie and Weber goals have come from the hash marks or lower. That is absolutely true, and this is something that we have constantly complained about. If you know the phone numbers of any of the people on the Canadian's coaching staff, please have them call us or please give us their phone numbers. Actually, don't do that. That's a terrible privacy breach. Never do that. Just tell them to call <laughs> us. We have some ideas for them.
1: <laughs> have their people call our people and we'll make something happen.
2: Exactly. Uh, Randy Hansen. do you think that Domi staying with the team or not has any bearing on his playoff usage? Personally, I don't believe he's going anywhere unless it's for a top four left-handed defenseman. I agree.
1: I'm right there with Randy. I a lot of people are kind of worried about what this means for his future. I just think it means that they're trying to roll four even lines and Domi missed the most time going into the bubble and everything else. And I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think Max Domi is going anywhere, like you said, unless it's guaranteed there's a top four left-handed defenseman coming back with that.
2: Exactly. Uh, Kevin Rogers, I don't want the Leafs anywhere near the draft lottery for the number one pick, but I can't cheer for them to win either. Can you please reassure all of us that the Leafs will not have the number one pick or any real playoff success this year or ever?
1: So here's the thing, even if they beat Columbus, it's not a playoff series win, and chances are because the Bruins cannot be the top overall seed in the Eastern Conference now, there's a very good chance that Toronto could beat Columbus and then still lose to Boston in seven games in the first round of the playoffs, which cancels out their chance to get the first overall pick and also sends their first overall pick to the Carolina Hurricanes because it is only lottery-protected so there's a very good chance that everything could blow up in Toronto's face if they beat Columbus.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to, I, I, I'm, I'm finding what Scott just said very reassuring. Kevin, I hope you are too. <laughs> um, our buddy Jason from Locked on Ducks has two questions for us. Which series has surprised you the most so far? Also, what has been your favorite non-Canadians moment of the playoffs? And why is it the Sebastian, Seb- Sebastian Aho? Goal against a certain disliked player. So, uh, you go first. Which series has surprised you the most so far?
1: I think somehow despite the fact that I expected Edmonton and Chicago to be chaotic, I didn't expect it to be this level of stupid chaotic. And it's not good looking hockey at all, but oh my God is it by far the most entertaining series going right now because it's like every time you turn around, someone is scoring a goal and it's amazing.
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to agree with you on that. I, I have to, full disclaimer, I haven't been watching as much as I could have, obviously, because most of these games are during work hours for me. Uh, so I will say that, uh, you know, the fact that th- th- that series has surprised me, mostly because it wasn't a walk in the park for, for the Edmonton Oilers. And it just, it seems to be defense optional. <laughs> so it's fun. It's entertaining. Like you said, I, I truly, I thought it would have been a sweep for Edmonton and super easy. That's not how it's worked out. Sorry, Chicago. Uh, I doubted you. And we've got a couple more questions. Um, Paul Brandt show. why is Scratch... Oh, no, wait, I forgot. Uh Jason asked us also what your favorite non-Canadians moment of the playoffs has been and why it is the Sebastian Aho goal against a certain disliked player. I mean, you can't you can't no, that. No, especially not
1: when it was set to the Titanic music. Thank you, uh, Mr. MrBooth7 on Twitter. That video, I showed it to my boss at work, and we got a good five-minute laugh out of it. So, <laughs> trust me, yes, it's definitely that.
2: All right. It's, yeah, I mean, you you can't, unless, like, unless the Canadians win, but he said non-Canadians. So, all right, why is Scratch Malfeasance complaining about Kanami's facial hair when Sidney Crosby still can't grow a decent playoff beard?
1: Because Sidney Crosby has three Stanley Cup championships, and it can do whatever the hell he wants at this point. And I'm allowed to poke fun at our own wonderful young child who cannot grow facial hair. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't know if it's he can't grow facial hair or he, he can't shave properly. It's one or the other, and I'm still not convinced it's 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 the first one. Uh Paul asks another question. What is more useless? An oatmeal raisin cookie or the Habs power play? Um That's a tough one.
1: Uh at least the Habs power play gives me a chance to see Nick Suzuki doing things. An oatmeal raisin cookie is just garbage, so like <laughs>
2: Got it. Uh, again, from Paul, best Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor and why isn't it coffee, coffee, buzz, buzz?
1: It, it, it's half baked for one thing because there's cookie dough and brownies in it and it's amazing and I ate a whole pint of it on Tuesday night.
2: I've got two. I like fish food and I like super fudge chunk for the same reason. It's because the, the chocolate fudge pieces that they put in both of those flavors are just so good. So like I could, you could throw away the ice cream and just give me the chocolate pieces and I'd be happy.
1: They sell um, those now, I think actually. They've started selling what? just chunks from Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. What? Yeah. I will send Where? you the link after the show. I mean, probably in America because duh. <laughs> I will, I'll include it with your Girl Scout package. I'll put it in like a freezer bag and send it to you.
2: <laughs> All right. I'm super excited now. And finally, a question from Randy Hansen that he asked us last week, but I somehow missed because I am an idiot. If you were offered a free trip to low earth orbit by Richard Branson, would you take it? And my answer is absolutely nope. Space travel like freaks me out. Like, like that, that like, I don't know, like even, even when you're on a plane, I'm like, if we go any higher, I'm going to get like really nervous about this. I don't want to get sucked into the atmosphere. So I, I have like that weird fear. So I would absolutely not do this.
1: My question is, am I guaranteed to survive this trip? Because if so, hell yes. If there's no guarantees, absolutely not. Like, no way if there's no guarantees.
2: Like, aren't you worried that, like, something's going to go wrong and then you're going to be lost and floating in space forever until you die?
1: Well, no, because then David Bowie can write a song about me.
2: I just like it just like that's one thing that where I'm like I'm I'm terrified of that. Like even even the thought of it makes me nervous and honestly like flying at night sometimes I'm like are we too close to the stars? <laughs> I know it's a weird hang up. You can all make fun how of the, me for it. I I know I'm hear of you hear about the stars are
1: millions of miles away from everything. <laughs>
2: no, I know. I just mean like do they look too close Is then are are we like getting are we going to get propelled into the, okay um, we're not, yeah, we're not going to talk any more about this. <laughs> I don't um, make fun of your nightmares. I, you um, have,
1: believe me, if I listed all of them, you would have several shows worth of jokes. <laughs> me.
2: Let me see if I still have Carly's email address. Let's Please see. <laughs> don't. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that Will's going to make fun of me for about like three days about this now, so. And uh, surprising that he didn't ask a question, but I'm sure he'll think of something for next week.
1: I was going to say, he didn't ask any questions. He doesn't get to critique you or make fun of you this week. Those are the rules.
2: (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so um, all of our listeners know I'm like a crazy weirdo now.
1: Okay, one, you're not a crazy weirdo. And two, that brings us to the end of this mailbag, which (laughs) we have very clearly gone entirely off the rails at this point. So thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Remember, if you want to send in questions, hit us up at LO underscore Canadians. Laura is at The Active Stick. I am at Scott Matla. You can find this Lockdown Podcast wherever you listen to your daily shows on Google, Apple, or Spotify, wherever. Thank you so much for listening. No Ask Your Smart Device to play the latest episode of Lockdown in HL.